0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master Craftsman Photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Approach each customer with the idea of helping him or her to solve a problem or achieve a goal not of selling a product or service, and that is Brian Tracy. So welcome again, and thanks for tuning in to The Profitable Photographer. This is me, Lucy, just hanging out on a Sunday evening, and I woke up with the, the terms 10 ways to ruin a sale in my brain. So I figured that was a topic for a podcast. And I spent a little time thinking about it, posting on Facebook and asking others for thoughts. And I thought it'd be a good me doing a little teaching class without a guest topic. <laughs> so when I say 10 ways to ruin a sale, I'm mostly saying how you cannot have the best results in the sales room because of some of the things you have either done or not done in advance and things you might do at the time that you're in with a client. So number one is posting sneak peeks. Some of you may not even know what that is, but some photographers will pick out one or two or three photographs from a session and post them on Facebook or post them onto a client's Facebook or Instagram with the thought that they'll be sharing those and getting the excitement up. And I feel, and from the research that I've done, it doesn't lead to more clients or bigger sales, because you can always do that at the end after you have your sale and people will love to share with their friends. But what it does is first of all, the first impression is a lasting impression. So in my opinion, if they see something before the sales room, it kind of waters down that whole experience. And I've also heard, because I've never done a sneak peek, that often people won't purchase that one, either because they have copied it already, or they've just lost that really strong impact. So to me, Whatever benefit might potentially be from posting a sneak peek, I think is outweighed by the importance of having a big ta-da when you're there, guiding the sale and managing how they view everything. Number two is telling people about your pricing before you've built a relationship where they know, like, and trust you, and then kind of get hungry for what you offer when I coach people, I teach them to become the trusted advisor. And we do that from the website, from the email, the phone, the consultation. And at that point, when they're like, oh my gosh, I need to work with with her or him, then it's a time to reveal your pricing. Too much too soon, just like I've used this illustration with clients. It's like, You're in a social environment, maybe a nice bar, and you're sitting there and someone comes up to you and asks you for a kiss immediately. How would you react to that? A stranger, of course. Now, if they come up and say, hey, new in town, what's your name? Nice place we have here. I really like your necklace. Tell me about your life. This is a little about me. Hey, would you like to meet for coffee sometime? Then let's go for a walk. And hey, I'd love to take you to dinner and a movie. And then at the end of that, then they probably don't even need to ask for a kiss. So we're basically we're wooing our clients. So think about it that way. Number three is taking things people say and people's objections at face value. So if they say, I need to think about it, saying, oh, okay, we'll get back to me then. Or if they say, we don't like wall art. Or if they say, we don't have wall space for big prints, saying, oh, okay, well, then let's do small ones in a book. You know, if you like to sell wall portraits. There's all kinds of things that people say that because they haven't had the experience a lot of times of, Living with gorgeous portraits on the wall, they're not the expert on, in my opinion, of what they're really going to want. My job is to help them get what feels to me like would be ideal for them. Learning responses to objections, like if someone says, I need to think about it, asking questions, what is it that you need to think about? And then digging deep because what most people are really saying when especially in a sales room, is i'm not convinced yet, so our job is not to push, not to you know be like some slimy salesperson, but to to really listen and to have in our pocket a list of valuable objection handlers that will guide them to the destination that you feel is. Is right for them. And of course, this is a relationship, so you want to be listening, but in a, in a kind of different way. I hope that makes some sense. Number four is not creating an ideal environment for them to see your work. So, for example, if you post online for them to look and order, you have no idea if they're looking on their phone, if they're in the grocery store, they just yelled at their kids. You know, that they're sitting in a hospital because their little guy broke his leg or something. You want to create, whether it's in their home or in your studio work environment, a beautiful place to sit and a way to, for me, a projector is ideal because then they can see it large. But even if you were going to use a laptop or something like that, you want to set the scene, you want it to be an experience. Number five, which kind of goes along with number four of great ways to kill a sale, is to post online so that they can screenshot, they can steal them, or in the least, if they don't do that, they've sent them to their friends and family, gotten all that excitement out, and they're just kind of over it. And what we know, at least what I know, and I hope you know, is that the experience of a beautiful photograph is something that happens day after day, year after year, when you're in different moods and your eye falls on a portrait in someone's home, that, you know, you get a feeling, you get a story every time. But when it's simply online, you're not going to get that same daily impact. Number six, another great way to have a smaller sale than you deserve, which is not what we want, is if you decide to sell digitals, selling them at a price that will cap your sale below the potential of that sale. So for me, my sales range from about three to ten thousand. So if I sold all the digitals for a thousand, it'd be very unlikely that I'd have people order beyond that now some people who sell digitals will have a sliding scale so they're available for purchase not everything you know maybe a limited number but they're available at a price that would be at the high end of a great sale so for example i might sell it for 5000 and if i was happy selling digitals then i'd be happy with $5,000. Because, you know, all day long if somebody wants to give me 5,000 dollars, I'm cool with that. <laughs> now, if I were to do that, I would include a wall portrait and two or three sets of proofs because I believe so strongly in the value of print and wall portraits that it would be a bonus they have to take it whether they wanted it or not. I personally, you may have figured out, I personally choose not to sell digitals because I want the excellence in my work to shine through in every print that's made. The thought of somebody going to Walmart and having a print made that's not that great, put in a frame, showing a friend who says, oh, that's nice, and having their opinion of my work be diluted, that's, you know, That's not okay with me, but I'm not saying it's not okay for you. This is your decision. Another big one, number seven, is not having everybody that is involved in making the money decisions there at the sales appointment. Because what happens frequently when we're doing our job well is that they are ordering much more than they thought because they're going to fall in love with these and you're going to guide them to you know to making a major purchase. So if they go home and tell their husband, "Yes, I just ordered $5,000 worth of portraits" and he wasn't there to see the emotion and to get excited and to okay it and and to kind of get under my magic spell as the trusted advisor, then It's just, it's so hard to not have somebody say, absolutely not. And then that's super awkward. Now, I do have clients that tell me, honestly, you don't want my husband there. I'm the money girl. This is my thing. He doesn't have veto power. But overall, if somebody says, well, yeah, I can make this decision by myself, I will ask them. If you were going to go in a store, pick out some new furniture for your home and it was going to be several thousand dollars. Could you go ahead and buy that without any input from him? And if they say, yeah, sure, absolutely. Then I might be okay with it, but I do everything I can to get everybody there that is not just the buying for the money part, but This is a family investment when it's a family portrait or couples. And so I want people to, you know, both spouses or whoever lives in the home, to be involved in deciding what they love, you know, so they're just as happy as the person that might come in alone. Now, here's another side one I did not put in my 10, is having people there that are not involved in buying like having the mother or the jealous sister or a friend come over because it's not their pocketbook, it's not their home, and sometimes they will have opinions and they will often be sort of in the leadership position with my client so that we're having a little bit of a power struggle. So I strongly advise if someone says, oh, I'm going to bring my friend, she helps me decide things, to handle that in advance and say, I find it's best if it's just you and I and your husband, if he's part of the money decision, because I know what I'm going for. You and I have talked a lot about your plans and it can actually add to confusion. You know, trust my process. Number eight, and this is huge, is starting the actual sale at the time that you're sitting down to show them the work and asking for them to pick and give you, you know, big bunch of money rather than at that first contact where you plant seeds on the phone call and the consultation, other phone calls, other emails where you're planting seeds for what they eventually might love to purchase. So a great sale happens step by step over a period of time. Number eight not having a proven system to guide them step-by-step step in the sales room. This creates overwhelm. When I coach people, I teach them my seven-step process that starts with a slideshow, and then there are some other rounds of sorting, and then there's a couple of things I do that are my secret sauce that I think make the difference between a nice sale and an amazing order. So we want to guide them and and keep the overwhelm at bay, and confidently take them step-by-step through your program. Another really big one is what people call commission breath, having commission breath. In other words, if you're feeling needy or broke, or I've got a bill to pay, and they just have to buy, or you're thinking about the money rather than what the value is for the client of what you've created. I don't know why, but it is a magnet for low to no sales. It it pushes people away. They can feel it. You know, it's a, in the words we use, in the sound of our voice, even just our, our posture, our gestures. So staying focused positively on serving, even if you do really need the money that week, keeping the client in mind, keeping positive affirmations in your mind, knowing that it is a benevolent universe you are being provided for. So that was 10, but I have some bonus points. (laughs) So one is to prejudge clients based on looks. And not just prejudging because maybe they're not dressed right or they have a, a janky car or something, but prejudging if they have a beautiful car and a huge home and live in the best neighborhood and assuming they're going to want to buy portraits. I just treat everyone that comes to me the same. Now, uh, I guess maybe I'll expand on this at some point and do a a blog post or something, but I do pre-evaluate where I would find my ideal clients. So if I'm doing any kind of marketing. I'm looking for those people who can afford what I do, who would be family oriented because families and kids are my jam, that most likely would love photography. So that's a discernment, not a judgment, but no matter who comes to me, I treat them the same. And I don't assume that someone with a lot of money is going to spend a lot and buy a lot. I'm not disappointed. Because of my expectations. You know, some people, I have one client who lives in a very small house, but she bought five wall portraits and she made um, payments every month for six months. And she said she had not even ever spent that on a car, but that it was important to her and she was delighted. Another bonus point is being late for your appointments or not being fully prepared, not having everything you need and have it organized, being kind of flustered. Another is if if you let yourself be bullied and pressured into going against your pricing or what you sell or what you do, that is a way that it can hurt your sales and establishing the leadership role. And then in a sales room, there's several opportunities that people might try to take charge of the sale. And so That's something, again, that I help my coaching clients and anyone else I'm having a great conversation about this with is how to keep yourself in the leadership role and guide them. So that is it for now. I hope you got a lot of great tips out of this little 10 plus a few bonus tips. And, of course, if you flip it all on its head, you'll get some ideas on how to have a great sale. So one little thing I want to mention is this week I'm offering five reviews for free of either your price list or your website. So the first five people that go to lucy at lucydumas.com, or you can go to Lucy Dumas Coaching and find my contact info there, Lucy with an I, always with an I, and put yes, please, and either put website review or price list review and include your website or your price list in the email. I'll send you a link and we can have a quick conversation. So I'm hoping that that would be a really big support for some of you that want to know that your price model, what, how you're doing it, is both profitable and easy to use, or that your website is communicating well. So that is it for now. Hope you got some good hot tips. And until next time, bye for now.